Good night, teacher. Testing, one, two. It's going to be a good day. The Lord's going to move today. Anybody in discipleship class who didn't get a new book yet? Brother Ben. Anybody else? Testing one, two. Are we good to go now? Testing one, two. All right. We're going to, uh, we're on book number three in our discipleship class. We're going to be talking about the Word of God this morning. And uh, this is something that we as apostolics, um, as Christians, we hold very dearly um, to our hearts is the Word of God. And we believe that the Bible is our instruction book for life. Okay, so it's the, the basic instruction book before leaving earth. Basic instructions before leaving earth, right? Bible. And, uh, and I just, uh, I always tell this story, but I remember the very first time coming to an apostolic church, and I just couldn't believe that the preacher used a Bible. I grew up in the denominal world, and it seemed like everything was very traditionalized, and it was... Um, you know, everything was pre-written sermons, and I never seen um, the man of God at the church I went to growing up ever take out a Bible. So I was just super impressed when I, when Brother Chuppy got up, and uh, he had a King James Version, Thompson Chain, leather-bound Bible, and he began to preach the Word of God. And uh, so we we hold true to the Word of God. If it's in the book, I want to know about it. I want to read it. I want to understand it. And I want to obey it. Right? I want to, I want to know what the instructions are for my life. And that's really, um, in some respects, we've gotten away from the book. Um, that we, can, we could go to work tomorrow and do a survey, and you can ask the people you work with that are around you, and they're probably good people. They're probably honest people for the most part. And you could ask them about what they know about the Bible. You could ask them, have they ever read the Bible? Do they read the Bible daily? And uh, um, sadly, you'll probably find out that most people do not open the Word of God very often. And, and then we wonder why um, our lives are falling apart. We wonder why things aren't working out right. We wonder why we're, we're living in hurt and pain and, and wonder why the decisions we are making aren't, aren't leading to a good destination. It's because we haven't read the instruction book for life. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you are struggling with something in your life today, your answer is in the Word of God. It's there somewhere. If you will study and you will seek it and you will ask, and, and I understand that this, this book seems pretty, it seems pretty daunting. It seems, uh, 
It seems like something like, man, I remember the first time I, I picked it up and I was 12 years old and I just had one of those little, you know, freebie Bibles they give you. It was King James Version. I still have it. It's tucked away in a box somewhere. It's all falling apart. But I just, I made up my mind that that year, the first year I was in church, that I was going to read the Bible through. And I just read it through and I, I probably didn't understand most of what I was reading. I really didn't. It was, it was very daunting. I didn't, I didn't really understand what the, the history of Israel and Israel and Judah and the prophets. and the, I didn't really understand what it was all about. And then we get to the New Testament. And, and I, but as you begin to study, as you begin to desire the word of God and to know it, I can promise you that God will help you understand it. Okay? If you will, if you will seek God... Um, he will open the doors of understanding. I, I know even today, and I, I feel like I have a, a pretty good idea of Scripture today after 20-some years of, of reading the Bible and, and coming to church and, and hearing, you know, teaching and preaching on the Word of God. I got a, a decent understanding of the, of, the, of the idea of Scripture, but even today, I'll be reading something and, and something just hits me. And there's like a, a layer, if you will, of revelation that God gives you, a layer of understanding that God will give In Jesus' name. As I was saying, what was I saying? That when you begin to seek God, seek his word, he'll begin to open up your understanding. And Brother Jerry, how many times have you read the Bible through? All right, good, good dozen times or so. There's probably some here. Brother Pete, how many times have you read the Bible through? 25 times through? And Brother Pete, you're still learning every year. Something new. You read through that Bible, you have a better understanding of a story. And that's just the great thing about the Word of God, is you never really completely have it all figured out. But it's called maturity. It's called uh, you, you know, you read it through, you read a scripture, you get a good understanding of it. And then next time, you get a little deeper understanding of that scripture and you build upon what you already know. And uh, the word of God is powerful. Amen. Let's turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 47. And we're going to read, there's quite a few verses here. We're going to read some verses here. John 6 and verse 40, 47, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. And your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. And this is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that is, 
that a man may eat thereof and not die. And I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he that eateth my flesh, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What, and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, and the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Amen. Jesus was um, teaching them something about who he was, that he was the bread of life, and he was making the correlation um, with the manna in the Old Testament, how their fathers had ate the manna and they had died. But that if, if they would take in the word of God, the bread of life, that these words that he was speaking unto them were spirit and they were life. Okay, he says, if you will take in these words that I speak to you, um, you will have eternal life. And, and Peter and the disciples understood this. And this is, you know, Jesus, uh, w- this, this lesson that he was teaching, those that did not have spiritual understanding considered, considered it a very hard saying. They weren't able to accept it. And that's why I always pray. A very common prayer that I pray is that I would have, um, and the church would have a heart to receive the word of God. Because we can come to a church service sort of locked up. We can come to a church service with a hardness of heart and doors sort of closed. And the preacher's preaching, okay? The word of God's coming forth and you, you just kind of throw it over your shoulder. Okay? But when we come to church, when we, when we sit down for our daily Bible reading, when we're, when we're wanting to learn of the things of God, we have to 
Ask God to soften our heart, that that door would be open, that we could receive the word of God. I don't know, there's been times where I've sat through a sermon and people were, were just greatly affected by what was preached. And I was thinking, man, that was just, that was kind of normal to me. Like I didn't think, like nothing really hit me as extraordinary. And really what it was is that they came to church with an open door, with a softness of heart to receive what was preached. And I came thinking, I don't really need to hear anything today. But the word of God, regardless, is powerful, okay? It's, uh, it's spirit in its life. And at all times, we've got to be in a position to receive it. To never throw it over your shoulder. Okay, never sit there and think, well, that must be for so-and-so. But take it in yourself and receive the word of God. Okay, so it is spirit, it is life, and I want to be able to receive it, amen? I want to have a softness of heart that that seed can be planted into good ground, that it wouldn't be full of thorns, that there wouldn't be full of rocks, that it wouldn't be hard ground, but there, there would be a softness of soil in my heart that I could receive the word of God, amen? It is spirit and it is life. Let's turn to 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. All scripture, okay? Every verse is inspired by God and is profitable, okay? All scripture, every verse in the Bible is profitable for doctrine, okay? For reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We read through the books and the verses of the Bible and everything in there um, is there to help us, to instruct us, to correct our lives. Okay, we, we don't often as human beings like to be corrected. Um, sometimes when we're reading scripture, and we, we begin to, and this is really what should happen is we're, we're reading the Bible and we're really comparing um, the, what, what God is saying to our own lives. And, we, and, and God's speaking to us saying, you don't, you're not quite lining up. And he's correcting you through his word. And thank God for that. You know, we... Uh, we, uh, we love the mercies of God, we, the goodness of God, and sometimes the mercies and the goodness of God come through a rebuke, come through being chastised, and even sometimes come through a judgment. Okay, we don't like that. Sometimes we'll live here on earth and we'll, we'll have a, some sin in our lives and, and it comes out to the open. People find out about it. We, we are found out. And no one likes that. But God is trying to correct you. He's, he's chastising you, not because he doesn't like you, but because he loves you. Those are the mercies of God. I have a feeling that when Nathan came and corrected David, 
As soon as David realized that Nathan the prophet was talking about him, David understood that that was the mercy of God, that God would correct him of his wrong. Because this whole life, it's not about us being right. It's about him being right, okay, and helping us get right with him. That's what this is all about. And we find correction. We find teaching. We find reproof and instruction in the Holy Scriptures, in the Word of God. And all of the Bible is inspired by God. Amen. So that is our, I'm not going to get through this lesson. All right, we're going to go to point number one for those who are are actually in the class here and have the books. Point number one, we're going to talk a little bit about the origin of the Old Testament The Bible is the word of God, and it reveals God's plan. So the Old Testament um, contains the story of God's creation of the world and relationship with his people, pointing to the coming Savior. So let's turn to John chapter 5 and verse 39. John chapter 5. John 5 and 39 says, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And uh, that's one thing that I've had sort of a shift in the last several years um, reading through the Old Testament, um, is that you read through creation, you read through some of these Old Testament stories, and you can really find Jesus in every story. Jesus said right here that search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. So in the old covenant, um, all of creation, all these stories testify of Jesus Christ, of the coming Savior. In every story in the Old Testament, somehow you can find the coming Savior. You can find the redemption plan. Of Jesus Christ. All of creation testifies of him. We go down to verse 46 and 47. It says, for had, he, for had ye believed Moses, you would have believed me. For he wrote of me. But if ye believe not his writings, how shall ye believe my words? Moses wrote about Jesus. And we can read... We can read it nonstop, especially in the first five books of the Bible. Moses' writings of, of how creation and, and how these stories all pointed to Jesus Christ. So number one, um, the answer, who does Scripture testify of? Testifies of Jesus Christ. Who did Moses write about? He wrote about Jesus. And we understand that, that as we read through Scripture, that God was... Uh, uh, I think Paul said that the Old Covenant was a schoolmaster. Okay, it was a, it was a, a class, if you will, um, preparing us and teaching us about the coming plan of redemption of Jesus Christ. So if you, as you're reading through Scripture in the Old Covenant, as you're reading through the story of Jacob, as you're reading about Abraham, and Isaac, and Ishmael, just Begin to look for Jesus. Begin to look for the death, burial, and resurrection in every story. And it'll blow your mind of what you will see 
in the Old Covenant. So we read about creation. We read about, um, we hear, we hear uh, wisdom in, in Psalms and in the Proverbs. We, we read about the history of Israel with the kings of Israel and the prophets. But all of them, everything in the Old Covenant really points to the New Covenant. So we'll go to point number two. I'm kind of breezing through this a little bit. The origin of the New, Co- of the New Testament. The origin of the New Testament God spoke to holy men as they preserved his words for future generations. The New Testament contains the story of how Jesus redeemed us and established the church. Its letters give instruction to God's people on how to live in covenant with him. Let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1 and verses 19 through 21 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. So Peter's likening this, this sure word of prophecy, that it'll, it'll put light into your dark world. In verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And uh, this scripture here um, shows us that all scripture um, is meant Uh, for instruction for our lives and God didn't put anything in there that he want that that he meant to confuse us with okay he he gave us an instruction book a, a, a more sure word of prophecy that was meant to lead us and guide us now understand that God's ways are not our ways and he is he is a uh um, you know, we, we can't completely, our, 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 uh, our humanity can't completely grasp God's divinity, right? It's, uh, he, he's just this holy God that, that has no beginning and no end. And it's hard for us to grasp all that. Okay, so there are things that we just aren't going to completely understand about God. And I, I, I believe that when we get to heaven someday, that, uh, that, you know, our eyes will be opened to some things. But as far as the word of God, he didn't put anything in there to confuse us or for, to, for it to be a mystery, if you will. Sometimes when you get in a, a Bible study with people and, and you begin to debate, especially, you know, the, the oneness of God and, you know, the, 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 the Godhead and that sort of thing, people will just say, well, it's a mystery. You know, God didn't want us to completely understand it. Well, the mystery was revealed, okay, that God was in the flesh, right, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, right, preached unto the gent. It was, it, was, it was made manifest, this plan of God. So uh, we can't just pass things off because we don't completely understand. And sometimes I know there are certain scriptures that sometimes I, I still kind of struggle to completely grasp. And I remember... I remember when I first got into church, 
<clears throat> John chapter 1. It's just like, I, I would read it. I would read it over again. I remember I, had no, I still have notes in my Bible from Brother Bernard's book on the oneness of God because I'm like, I cannot, I can't, I can, it seems like when I was studying, I could understand it, but then the next day, I couldn't understand it again because I was like, I just don't get this. But I kept studying it and I kept, um, you know, just going after it and I wrote notes in my Bible and now John 1, I completely get it. Like it's, it's clear as day for me. But I, I wanted to understand it. I wanted to understand exactly what John was saying. Because John sort of wrote things in just a little, he was a, he was a deep thinker and he was pointing back to creation when he was writing this, pointing to Jesus. And, and uh, at first I had a hard time understanding what John was saying. But if you will pursue it, if you will seek, you will find Okay? If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. So sometimes in the middle of not completely understanding, you just got to keep seeking. You got to just keep asking God to open up your understanding. And there's still things in Scripture that I have a hard time completely grasping, but I'm seeking God for understanding. You get me in the book of Revelations, and I'm just like, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I usually skip that Bible study in exploring God's word. I'm like, God's coming back, get ready. Okay, I'm being honest now. You can talk to Brother Mike about it, and he can, he, he, he's read up in Revelation. I'm just like, I just don't, I don't get it. Now, I'm going to, I have a book it's called Revelation, and I started to read it, and at some point, I'm going to get it. I'm going to seek it. I'm going to have a better understanding, but right now, I don't, okay? But keep, and, and that's where we're all at with certain things. Just keep seeking it. Keep, just search the scriptures. Study, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, okay? But it takes diligence, it takes persistence, it takes a hunger and a thirst to understand. And if you will move forward, God will make a way. All right, to answer these questions here on point number two, how is the word of prophecy described in verse 19? It's a sure word of prophecy. Number two, no prophecy of the scripture is of what? Verse 20, of any private interpretation and how did holy men of God speak in verse 21? Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This wasn't uh, their will. I believe that there was personality that came out as they wrote. Um, we understand that the, you read through the Gospels and it's all four, four different accounts of, of Jesus Christ. Two of them were actually people who walked with Jesus. Two, the other two were... Um, were basically guys who had researched this story, had, 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 had to talk to other eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ. And through these, especially in the Gospels, you see personality come out. You read the epistles of Paul, and you see Paul's personality come out, and Peter, and that sort of thing. But it was all inspired by God. God, um, they were writers 
of what had happened, um, especially in the Gospels. And, but God was the author of it all. And he inspired these men to write the word of God. So we read through the New Testament, and we, of course we have the Gospels, we have the epistles, uh, the epistles of Paul, and they were letters to the churches. Um, these churches had already received the Holy Ghost, had already um, rece- you know, received Jesus as their Savior, had already been baptized, and Paul wrote them letters of instruction. And we can, we can glean a lot from those letters today, because God wanted us to have that instruction 2,000 some years later, after those epistles were written, we still have them today. And they still, um, God doesn't change. So what, what God wanted the church to learn in the first century is what he wants us to learn today. So the, the teachings of Paul, the teachings of Peter, the apostles, you know, we read in Acts, says, continue in the apostles' doctrine. Okay, so what they taught is what we want to teach today. That's what we call ourselves apostolic. Okay, we're apostolic by doctrine. We're Pentecostal by experience. And we want to go back to the very beginning and we want to be a New Testament church, not a church that has wavered and strayed away from the truth over time with tradition. But we want to be a Bible-believing church. Amen. We want to follow after the word of God. Amen. All right. Number three, trusting in the word of God. It says all scripture comes from God and is the basis for our spiritual growth and maturity. We can trust that the Bible is the word of God, powerful and alive to direct us today. 2 Timothy 3.16, I already read this scripture. We'll read it again, just so you can answer your questions here. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Colon, verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So we are striving to be more like God every single day. Okay, we're, we're striving for perfection. And we understand that none of us are perfect. So we all still have work to do. But we're striving to be truly furnished unto all Good work. So answer these questions. Number one, what are some of the purposes of Scripture? All right, we've talked about this already. It's profitable for doctrine, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, um, for instruction in righteousness. And how does Scripture complete us in verse 17, that we can be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works? And how does this passage give confidence in the validity of the Bible? Well, we just understand, and I, I know, you know, there, there, and even more today than probably ever, there is uh, um, a spirit that questions the validity of the Word of God. Uh, I imagine maybe 50, 75 years ago, especially in our country, most people uh, believe that the Bible was true. I mean, it was just, they kind of grew up with that. Today, people are growing up without 
the Bible in their homes. They're growing up without even ever, you know, have heard of the Bible. They don't know what, where Genesis is, where Revelation is. They have no idea. So then comes them questioning and, uh, and actually, is this really the word of God? You know, how, how hasn't it been translated and changed? And how can we trust that this is the word of God? And uh, my answer to, to people who ask those questions is that I believe that if God is big enough to create the heaven and the earth, if he's uh, big enough to create the solar system, if he's, if he's powerful enough to change my life, to, to change my heart, to, to give me a new direction, if he's powerful enough to wash away my sins, I believe that he's powerful enough and he's able to preserve his own word. That's what I believe. And I believe that we can stand assured today that God would not put us on this earth, this evil, wicked earth, 2,000 years later um, after he was here without any instruction. Amen. So I believe that he preserved his word for us, that we can have an accurate uh, translation of the Bible. And if you want to, and that's a whole other study in itself. Maybe I was actually thinking maybe at some time, next time Brother Waldron's here, we might have him do a little lesson on different translations of scripture. Um, Brother Chuppy, he's probably listening right now, but he's, he's, um, he likes King James. And, uh, and, you know, there's a whole Bible study on that itself. You need to be careful with other translations of scripture. Some of these newer versions, if you compare it to the King James and some other versions, it completely just takes out verses. A lot of times there's a Trinitarian bend to the verses. Um, so I believe that King James is your best Bible to study the word of God through. But God is able to preserve his word to give us instruction today. Amen. Uh, number four. Applying the word of God. We not only believe in the validity of the word of God, but we daily seek to apply it to our lives. It provides direction, correction, and strength for facing every day. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 119. Psalms 119 and verse 11. Eleven through sixteen says, "Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight thyself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word." And we go down to verses, uh, verse one hundred five. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So to answer these questions here, what did the psalmist, why did the psalmist hide God's word in his heart? Verse 11, that he might not sin against thee. If you're having a sin problem, uh, get in the word of God. Get in the word of God. What, do, what does the psalmist compare God's word to for giving him direction? In verse 105. That, he was, that his word is a lamp, amen, to our feet and a light unto our path. In what similar ways does God's word give us help with temptation and direction today? 
And what are practical ways you can hide God's word in your heart? Amen. We, we've got to be a student of the word. I think it's a good idea to memorize the word of God. Um, take some verses and just write them down. Uh, memorize them. Uh, I've, I like to get into the habit of praying the word of God. Um, so memorizing that word and then actually praying it. But, you know, we can, we can read the word of God. Okay, we can even understand the word of God. But we've got to be a people who will apply the word of God to our lives. Okay, because we can, we can really understand the deep revelations. But if we can't live it out, if we can't let, let it change us and change our hearts, it's really in vain. Like we can be ever learning right? And never really able to come to the knowledge of truth. And the knowledge of truth is really living out the gospel. Let God, God have his way in our lives. And, and really the, the best way to tell, um, even just as in our own lives, is just begin to inspect your own fruit. I think Brother Walters always used to say that, that sometimes you got to be a fruit inspector. And oftentimes we do that in other people's lives, but I think we can. I think it would be appropriate to inspect our own fruit. Like, what am I producing? And I, I heard something the other day. It says, "If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. If you don't like how things are going for you, okay, then you need to change what you're sowing, and you'll see a change in your life." So we've got to apply the word of God to our lives. And, and uh, again, it's, it's easier said than done. It's easy to read the Bible. It's easy to be a hearer of the word, right, and not a doer. But James talks about if you're a hearer of the word only and not a doer, you're deceiving your own self. You're just, you're kind of taking a glance in the mirror in the morning and running off and you're not really taking a look at what you look like. You're just, you're just taking a quick glance and you still, you missed a spot shaving. Your hair is still sticking up. Amen. You forgot to brush your teeth and you're off to work. But you need to take time in the word of God. You need to take time looking into the mirror. Because the word of God is quick. It's powerful. Amen. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And is it a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart? And I know that when I begin to look at myself, and the Bible says that our hearts are desperately wicked, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. And I, I understand that there's really no good thing in me and when I begin to look at the word of God, it's really what begins to tell me what's in me. That sword digs in. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And when you begin to look at the word of God and let that sword get inside of you, it shows you the things that you need to change. It gives you instruction. Amen. It corrects some things. So today... Church, we need to just get into the word of God. We need to be Bible-believing Christians. Parents, 
We need to teach our kids the word of God. Amen. We need to, um, the word of God has got to be something that we hide in our hearts every single day. Amen. Let's stand today. I got through the lesson. Amen. Let's just pray as we're dismissed. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy today. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you, Lord, for the instructions, God, that you've given us. God, that you've given us a a more sure word of prophecy. God, that it's of no private interpretation. God, I pray that even today, God, that our hearts would be open. God, that the doors would be open for, for you to walk through. God, for you to speak to us today. God, that we would allow your word to change us. God, that we would allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, God, that we would hide it in our hearts, O God, that we might not sin against you, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you're dismissed today for a few minutes. In Jesus' name.